when you poke this beast uh, because there's so much easy money at stake. Mm. You cop it. This is What Shall We Do About with Sam Robinson. Hello and welcome to What Shall We Do About, the show that tries to fix the world's less pressing problems. Today, though, we're covering a topic that is a little more serious than most because it's ruining lives. Pokies, or poker machines, are machines found in casinos, pubs and clubs right around Australia. And if, like me, you grew up in the last 40 years, you probably assume these machines are commonplace. And yet 20% of the world's pokies are in Australia. They're designed to be addictive and $11 billion is lost to them every single year. So why are they legal? Especially when these machines cause so much harm. Is it because we're simply a betting nation? Or is there more at play? What shall we do about pokies? The Reverend Tim Costello has been working hard to bring the truth about pokies to light for decades. Tim now serves as the Chief Advocate for the Alliance for Gambling Reform and spent some time with me talking about the history of poker machines, the damage that they do and the threats he's received along the way for being so outspoken. Reverend Tim Costello, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Delighted to be with you. Well, we're talking about a, a, a topic that I know that you are very passionate about and that is pokies. Um Let's start. What what exactly is a pokey? What pokey machine? Well, uh, sometimes they're called slot machines if you're in America. They're called fruit machines if uh, you're in Britain. But essentially, they are machines that are literally built to encourage uh, excitement in the brain, the dopamine release in the brain when up comes the electronic fruit and uh, the one, two, three, four pyramids, and you only need the fifth pyramid, and it's going to be a jackpot. That dopamine release in the brain hits the pleasure center of the brain with the force of uh, cocaine. So, pokies are, are seen to be just a gambling machine and harmless recreation. No, they are built for addiction, and uh, they are the crack cocaine of gambling in Australia. Why is this such a big, and it has been for a long time, a passion of yours to see change in the world of pokies? Well, I could never work out how Australia's uh, state governments uh, failed so comprehensively to allow 20% of all the world's pokies to be here in Australia. We're 0.2% of the world's population, but we've got 20% of the world's pokies It started uh, pretty innocently for me. I was a Baptist minister also working as a solicitor in a church in St Kilda and then walked a woman who owned her own home, happily married, didn't smoke or drink when pokies were introduced to Victoria in 1992. She started playing them, lost her home, lost her job, didn't lose her marriage, thankfully, stole $60,000 from uh, her new employer to feed the pokies and was charged with crime. I represented her as a lawyer. She went to jail for four years. I remember visiting her in jail and saying, how does a middle-aged woman who's never been in trouble with the law, who doesn't smoke or drink, end up in prison alongside serious other criminals 
uh, for four years. And uh, out of that experience, I um, then wrote a book called Want to Bet, uh, analyzing uh, why we have the greatest gambling losses in the world. I thought maybe it's just uh, in the Australian culture. We bet on two flies going up a wall. We're baptized in a gambling like, you know, eucalyptus oil baptisms of birth, and we love gambling. I found that was nonsense. Uh, the Chinese boast about being the greatest gamblers. The Irish boast, even the Kiwis boast about being the greatest gamblers. So why does Australia have the greatest gambling losses per head? By the way, those losses are 40% higher than the nation that comes second. Hmm. That's how much we're losing. Because we have the most pokies, 20% of the world's pokies, and the most irresponsible policies. And uh, really, that book concluded that uh, if America's blind spot is guns, we look at them and go, they're mad, they're crazy, so immoral. The rest of the world looks at Australia and say, our blind spot is gambling. Hmm. Now, you mentioned that uh, Pokers first came to Victoria in 1992. I wasn't aware that it was that recent. I mean, for me, I've grown up and Pokies have always been around. Um when did they first come into Australia as a whole and how did they get in? Uh, great, great question. Uh, 1955, they came to Sydney. And in 1955, there were only two places in the world that had pokies, Las Vegas and Sydney. And the rest of the world said, no, we're not going to touch them. In fact, in the 1930s, these earlier slot machines in America were uh, taken to with jackhammers by the FBI and thrown into into uh, uh, the harbour uh, because they said gambling corrupts. Um, Las Vegas, built by the mafia, got them, 1955, and Sydney got them. Now, when we think of that long history, uh, Sydney and New South Wales, New South Wales has 10% of the world's pokies. You have been the frog in the water that is just slowly cooked. And what was the really devastating turn in Sydney was the shift from coin-operated, what were called one-armed bandits, where you pull a lever, to digital, where you can load up $7,500 cash in one go. And I liken going from coin-operated to digital to the American situation of going from uh, a ball and musket rifle guaranteed under the Second Amendment in America, hmm. to a semi-automatic rifle. What's mad about gun laws there is the same liberty to carry a gun, which was a ball and musket rifle, is now a semi-automatic rifle. Uh, in, in Australia, the madness was the shift from coin-operated to digital, doing so much damage so fast, much more intensely addictive, so that's that's how the story began in Australia in 1955 in Sydney. I guess the big question I have at this point is, 20% of the world's pokies are in Australia. Why do we have so many? And how has it been possible for us to have so many for so long? So I thought we have so many because we just love gambling. That's where I discovered, no, this is a nonsense. The industry loves to say Australians just love a punt above all people. Culturally, just not true. As I said, the, the uh, 
Chinese, the uh, Irish, the Kiwis, the English all love a punt as much as Australians. What we discovered was the answer was that um, pre the states having the GST, the states were squeezed by the feds, depending on federal hand uh, grants and handovers because the states run most of the services, think education, police, health. And pre-GST, where the states were being squeezed by the feds, along came the captains of the gaming industry, whispered in state treasurer's ears, boy, do we have a solution for you. Just allow the pokies to go through, particularly the poorest postcodes, and magically money will roll into state treasury and you'll be able to pay for your services. And that's what state treasuries did. So your state, New South Wales, some 14% of all its revenue comes from pokies, similar in other states. When uh, the UK Parliament came out to investigate Australia's gambling, and they called it an investigation to avoid the Australian disaster. They called our gambling the Australian disaster. They didn't want to introduce it in the UK. And when I said um, 15% of my state's revenue comes from pokies, the UK parliamentarians wouldn't believe me. Hmm. They said, no, that can't be right. I said, why? They said, well, no government could possibly be that irresponsible. That's what they said. Uh, that's what, that's the reason we've got so many. So how is it then that you can have a government that has to regulate gambling and regulate pokies, but also receives income from it? How, how does, is this the, the, the big chicken and the egg problem that is currently been going on for years and we just turn a blind eye to it? Yeah, but look, this is true with a whole lot of things government does. It's not only pokies or a gambling, uh, Governments uh, tax cigarettes and yet regulated, you know, advertising, they tax alcohol, but regulate, you know. So we do have a, a very familiar ground here. What, what has happened is that um, over the years, the Anti-Cancer Council has been able to pull back the cigarettes uh, advertising. There's none on TV. The advocates for alcohol reform have been able to ban alcohol from sponsoring NRL cricket or Aussie rules football, getting it off uh, alcohol ads, getting it off uh, G-rated TV. You can't have an alcohol ad Hmm. during the news, for example, Hmm. or on MasterChef. But guess what? Gambling ads, which are also an adult product, right through the news, right through MasterChef. I watched the Anzac Day game of my team, Essendon Collingwood, yesterday. The lead-up to the Anzac Day footy game, Aussie rules, Full of just just brought to you by sports betting. Now, you, governments have stopped allowing that with cigarettes and alcohol, where they also regulate and get the revenue. They haven't with gambling, and uh, that's the fight we're up we're up against. I, I think often when we when we realise that you know, in some ways, you go to a pub and a club, the pokies are hidden away in a room, probably by law. You can still hear noises. You can still see sometimes flashing of lights through kind of bars. But also, if I go to pay for a meal, it's cheap. And I'm guessing that's because it's being paid for by someone who's lost money on the pokies. Is that right? Absolutely. That That's the hold that clubs New South Wales have. I, I should say I, I do not have 
much affection for clubs New South Wales, and I'll tell you why. Years back, uh, they went to the NRA conference, National Rifle Association conference, where they were taught never blame the gun, blame the individual. Guns don't kill, people kill. Therefore, the penny dropped for them. They came back and said, we will blame individuals, never the pokey machine. And they came up with the slogan that you think is just the state government slogan. No, it's an NRA, Clubs New South Wales slogan, gamble responsibly. In other words, there's a few pathetic, irresponsible individuals and the rest of us are responsible. Blame the individual, shame the individual as irresponsible, scapegoat the individual. It's an NRA slogan. So Clubs New South Wales have a grip on uh, New South Wales politics like nothing I have seen. Uh, it is vice-like. And you have uh, at the moment a very brave Liberal Minister, Victor Dominello, who's trying to introduce a cashless card. Clubs New South Wales are fighting him tooth and nail. And uh, the cashless card won't just help problem gamblers because they'll have to register how much they want to lose and that. They can be excluded if they're doing damage. By the way, 50 cents in every dollar going through a poker machine comes from someone who's a problem gambler, who's addicted, 50 mm. cents. Mm. If the liquor industry depended on alcoholics for 50% of its profits, there'd be outrage. But that's what's happening with pokies. It's, it's less than 15% of the population that play pokies. Most who play it are addicted. Mm. So you're subsidized meal comes from addiction in that new south wales club but new south wales clubs will never never face up to that truth you've been working very hard for a long time to see reform and change and i can tell that it's like david taking on goliath in some ways it's it's, it's a it's a big thing have you ever received threats from people in you know behind gaming industries and 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 clubs because of the, the, the things that you're saying and you're doing? Oh, absolutely. When you poke this beast, uh, because there's so much easy money at stake, mm. you cop it. So I have been sued. My house, uh, my only asset is in my wife's name because uh, they will always try to take me on. Uh, there have been uh, multiple veiled threats. Um, and uh, I know I have to watch my back. Um, what's really worrying now particularly is the Bergen, Justice Bergen inquiry in New South Wales. That was in a Bangaroo, should James Packer's crown get a licence. Actually found what I've known for a long time, links with organised crime. Drivers who would pick up um, whales, uh, big uh, overseas gamblers, who would be brought in on special visas, not go through customs. Drivers terrified to give evidence to Oztrack and others because of the triads. Now, when it comes to pokies, your suburban crims launder their money at pokies. Your big whales, who are big-time crims, use casinos, and it's hundreds of thousands, millions in chips, which is a way of laundering it. Your ice, ice trafficker simply takes five or $6,000 he's made into a club, puts it through the pokies, uh, plays for five minutes, gets maybe of his 5000 4900 back, gets a check from the bar, 
police can't touch him. It's clean. Mm. This cashless card, because crims will never, ever show their identity, not only helps problem gamblers, but gets the crime out. And really, that's what Justice Bergen has recommended. But her lifting the lid and showing the Crown's links with crime is why, yeah, I, I have to watch my back. I see that tower that has just been built in Sydney, the at Barangaroo for the Crown. It to me, it's 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 huge. They can't miss it in Sydney. And I often, when I see it now, I think this is the way we're kind of treating gambling in our city. It's at the forefront. It's there, and it's okay. That's a concern, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Look, it is so out of whack in Australia. You know, Crown Casino in Melbourne is three times bigger than the biggest casino in Las Vegas. Wow. Three times bigger. And Las Vegas is a destination gambling centre. You've got to fly in or drive in. You've got to still have enough money to get home. Hmm. The casino in Melbourne is downtown, servicing six million people. Uh, It is such an immoral, appalling decision. Uh, Bangaroo. And this was the arrogance Crown had. Bangaroo was built for a couple of billion without even a license. They were so arrogant, so sure that they could build without a license and just pick up a license. And then, and this is quite miraculous, and I I regard this as sort of an act of God, (laughs) they ran into an honest judge, Justice Bergen, in the New South Wales Inquiry. And what did Justice Bergen discover? All the illegal activities going on in Melbourne. Crown hadn't even started, mm. hadn't even started. And Justice Bergen said, whoa, whoa there. This is really out of control. So the arrogance of a Tower of Babel that dominates the uh, Sydney skyline built without even a license because they were so sure they could just pick up a license like that. Uh, yeah, it, it really is. It really is domin- dominating the soul and spirit of our cities. Mm. We've we've talked about the problem, and I think it's you know this podcast is always always about what shall we do about it? how are we going to make a change, and I feel like this is one of the bigger problems we've covered on this show because it is a real problem. It is something that we often turn a blind eye to because we're just not aware of it, but it's it's among us. And I think gambling is, as you've already mentioned here, is part of the Australian psyche. How hard is it then to see reform? within pokies and gambling in Australia, and why is that? Is it possible? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, the, the truth is that the majority of Australians overwhelmingly want reform. The Herald Sun Murdoch Press here in Melbourne, whenever it asks the question about pokies, 75% of Victorians say, get rid of them. We don't want them. We, we hate them. Now, it's not the public and public opinion that's the problem here. Hmm. It's the capture of both sides of politics by political donations from the gaming industry. It's the easy tax revenue that flows from pokies and gambling in the state treasury. So it's literally cutting the Gordian knot between politicians who always resist transparency around political donations, real in time, to actually see how captured they are by the gambling industry how utterly captured they have been. And public opinion wants transparency. It wants to know who's bought our democracy, who are politicians who are just puppets, you know. Mm. 
I've got to be really blunt here. Your uh, Deputy Premier, John Barillaro, comes out and immediately condemns a cashless card. John Barillaro is controlled by the clubs. He's a mouthpiece for the clubs. Uh, now, the public in New South Wales may not have joined the dots like I do, but that's what's going on. In Cabinet is Victor Dominello, who is actually a man of principle saying, if we introduce a cashless card, we'll not only help problem gamblers, we'll get the crime out of our uh, crime that's laundered through our casino and pokies out. The public wants those solutions. So now it's up against politicians who are captured, huge, easy money donations by the gambling industry, and really staring them down and saying, this is our democracy, this isn't yours, and you're merchants of addiction 50 cents and every dollar coming from someone who can't make a free choice mm. how, how do you gamble responsibly if you're addicted it's like saying to a heroin addict use heroin responsibly that's a complete nonsense so uh there is a way forward and uh i i just want uh, your listeners to keep speaking up at the uh, bottom of gambling ads, you always see the gamble responsibly thing, but you also see that there's, you know, a gambling helplines as well that they have to legally put there. I'm glad that they exist, but as far as making a change, what more could be done to help those who, who struggle with problem gambling, especially when it comes to pokies? Uh, look, the, the thing to help is to actually reduce the number of pokies venues. They're always so ubiquitous. So if you've had a gambling problem and you're trying to stay away, when you go out just to buy your milk and bread, you'll find a venue. They'll be often opposite stations where you've got to go to work. And uh, so reducing the accessibility of them, hmm. slowing the machines down. Two Productivity Commission reports have said $1 bet spins, maximum $120 an hour losses. That would help. Cashless cards where you have to have an identity card to gamble. And that will show you and the venue if you've got a problem. How, how can you, on $70,000 a year, if that's your salary, be gambling 50000 So there are a whole heap of things that we can do, but we just have to break the power of the industry and the grip they've got on politics. Yeah. You work as the Chief Advocate with the Alliance for Gambling Reform. Say, I just want you to, to dream 10 years from now, you keep doing what you're doing. The government keeps doing what it's doing and, and we still, you know, who knows what will roll out there. Do you see that change may take place, say, 10 years down the track? What do you hope you'd see in the world of pokies in Australia? Oh, well, we are, we are seeing change taking place. So most of the AFL clubs in Melbourne have got out of pokies. They say we know the damage it's doing. And the AFL is culturally more important than politicians <laughs> when they Eddie Maguire to be frank Eddie uh, said to me when he got Collingwood out of pokies he was still president Tim you've been a pain in the ass but thank you that was the best decision I made cost us some money but we had to do it so we're seeing change then we're seeing change also in the number of people who finally are speaking up the thing about gamble responsibly that message is the silences and shames you and so it's easier to confess to um, a mental illness or a drug addiction than a gambling problem 
because you're the only irresponsible one. Hmm. Finally, we're starting to see people step up. Uh, and thanks to Justice Bergen and what happened in New South Wales, we now have a Royal Commission into Crown, not just in Melbourne, but Crown also in Perth, two Royal Commissions. And people are coming forward, whistleblowers from Crown, from the regulator, people who've been damaged, Vietnamese, Chinese communities bust in from the western suburbs to actually be given incentives to play. So we are at last seeing some cracks in the uh, control that the gambling industry has had. All right. What shall we do about pokies then, Tim? Well, I, I think if they were slowed down, $1 bet spins, maximum $120 an hour losses. And don't forget now the 1999 Productivity Commission and the 2007 Productivity Commission into gambling recommended that's what should happen. No state government's done it because the money is just too easy. I think if we had a cashless card, I think if we l limited their expansion, that is, as pokies are retired, don't just move them to another poorer area, retire them permanently mm. over time, limiting accessibility. People can then have the freedom to play without doing the dramatic damage that we're seeing at the moment. Just to give an example, Australia's pokies has $14 billion of losses a year, $14 billion. $14 billion. Uh, that's how much damage they are doing. And that's from about 15% of the population who then go on to commit crime, don't feed their kids, domestic violence uh, results. So um, that's, that's what we need to do. If pokies weren't around, so say if, if somehow we got rid of all the pokies of Australia, would something else pop up? Would online gambling become bigger? What do you think? Well, we, we actually have a trial state where there aren't any pokies except in the casino, and that's Western Australia. And people say if pokies went around, we wouldn't have clubs, we wouldn't have community, we wouldn't have all those things that pokies clubs provide. Uh, Western Australia, without any pokies, except in the casino, none in rural towns, none in suburbs, has higher levels of community, higher levels of sporting participation, higher levels of recreation, community-based recreation than the eastern states have with pokies. It, it's a test case, a, uh, 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 an example to say when people go, oh, but the pokies bring so much good. They don't. They actually kill community and participation. So as, as we dream, we can dream of a society where we aren't dependent on gambling and paying at the ultimate compliment, oh, thank you, pokies, for bringing us community. No, no, no. Community is a gift that comes, as we've seen in Western Australia, from spirited, community-minded people. Uh, that's my dream. Reverend Tim Costello, uh, really appreciate your time, but also your passion in trying to uh, slay the beast, I guess we could say, that is Pokey Machine. So thanks for your time on the pod. It's been a delight. All the best. Tim Costello is on Twitter, at Tim Costello, and you can find out more about the work of the Alliance for Gambling Reform at pokiesplayu.org.au. And if you or someone you know needs help, you can call the Gambling Help Hotline in Australia on 1800 858 858. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, please tell your friends and why not leave a lovely review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're hearing this. The show is on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and you can get in touch with me anytime at whatshallwedopod at gmail.com. What Shall We Do About is hosted and produced by me, Sam Robinson, with original theme music by Chad Gardner. See you next week.